Well, hello, and welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Well, I hope you guys are having a blessed day, because I know I am, because a day is a day that the Lord hath made, and we shall rejoice and praise and be glad in it. And God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. You know, I want to wish you guys a happy Easter, and hopefully you guys enjoyed your day with your families uh, these past couple days. And now that, but... Christ is risen, no matter what. No matter the circumstances, uh, God is alive. And I just am absolutely ecstatic of what happened these past couple of days. And it's important. And also, uh, my heart goes out to those families that were killed in Kentucky. And once again, that's going to be brought up for a special episode. Talking about uh, what we should do uh, to prevent... Uh, gun control or how do we solve these issues but i want to address that issue quick because it kind of correlates it if you don't know god if people don't know who christ is then these things happen and if we don't acknowledge it and if we don't fix the issue then we have sin ravaging the world and i think we need to do more ministering towards others instead of attacking others but i also think though it's important that we continue to counteract the demonic things by seeing how ignorant they sound. And of course, we have to do it through prayer and through peacefully. But <clears throat> when we're looking at First Thessalonians chapter 5, we're going to be taking a deeper look today. And before that, we're going to, I'm just going to read John 11. John chapter 5, or John chapter 10, I'm sorry about that, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. That's what I'm starting off, and I think it's important that we acknowledge that, that God is a good shepherd unto us, and no matter what happens, uh, he watches over you and watches over us. And with this in mind, <clears throat> we're going to start off with the word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. For bringing us together we thank you that we can just come here in reverence of you lord and we just are so blessed to be called your children may you guide us and protect us as we continue on the journey that you have set before us so that when we cross our finish line lord we can run into your arms and we can hear you say to us well done my good and faithful servant and in jesus name we pray amen and amen well, I know about you, but I'm absolutely excited. So that's why I'm kind of jumping into uh, um, into it head first. Because First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 1 states, But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. So what do you mean by that? So it means that no matter what, we always have to be prepared for the Lord to come. It doesn't matter if he's going to come at uh, 2 in the morning. It doesn't matter. And what's interesting is that there's not a set time or set date of when he's supposed to come. And I actually kind of find it funny to have people know when he's coming. To have people know that he Jesus is coming no matter what. And they tell you the same exact date. They tell you exactly what's going on. And they tell you what's like how to fix the issue. And it's interesting because not a lot of us know. 
and that's why I find it to be funny. Like, for instance, people say that Jesus is supposed to come on August, December uh, 31st of 2012, that the world was going to end, also in 2000, and they've all been wrong. So with this in mind, none of none of us know exactly. And that's why we always have to be prepared, because he does come in a thief like a knight. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord... Uh, Verse 2, <clears throat> I'm going to reread that again. For you for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when the for when they say peace and safety, they then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. And they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness. Are so that this day should overtake you as a thief, as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do. Let us watch and be sober. And those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet of hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we take our sleep, we whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you are also doing. I absolutely love that. Because as brothers and sisters, we're supposed to be helping each other by holding us accountable. We're supposed to be helping each other to be watchful of when we mess up. We're supposed to go to them in a loving way and say, hey, what happened? You didn't show up at church today. Or what happened? I saw that you're going through a rough time. Like, would you want to like come together? This comes to mind of a book that I'm reading. It is called Broken. It is by um, William Cope Moyers. I'm reading that book right now, and I'm absolutely devastated because not only is Mr. William Cope or Cope Moyers. Not only is he battling, what did he battle addiction, but he recovered it, but then he blamed God for coming back into the second time of relapse. And I know it's easier said than done, but when we truly come to Christ, we give all of ourselves to Christ. When we have our accountability partners, we give all of our accountability partners to other people. We, just, we don't hold nothing back. We hold nothing and we retain nothing. Because if we aren't transparent with our accountability partners, then we aren't transparent with ourselves. And that can be a major, major issue. And that's why it's important that we edify one another. By edifying, it's like iron sharpens iron. And revising ourselves and making ourselves even better. And so that we can go out and minister in groups. So we can go out together and sharpen and disciple others because we are vessels unto God. <clears throat> and in verse 12, And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who are labor among you and are over you in the Lord and abonish you. 
and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. See that no one renders evil for evil, to know to anyone but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always. Truly, amen and amen. Rejoice always. Rejoice in the circumstances you're going through. There's always something to be proud of in rejoicing. Rejoice in the love that God has given you. Rejoice always in his compassion and his uh, admonish for you. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. In verse 19, verse 20, do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now, it doesn't mean that get away from literally everything. It doesn't mean that if you want to preach, you have to go uh, straight into like a church if you want to preach. Or if you struggle with something, when we, are, when we accept Jesus Christ, we have to kind of abstain from evil. We have to get away from our addiction. For instance, when, we, when William Cope, when William Myers first went and got out of the rehab facility, he thought he could minister to people that are battling uh, alcoholism or people that are battling with the cocaine addiction. The sad part is, is that he wasn't ready. And just like most of us, when we come to Christ, we think that we can do anything. All is, uh, it's a light, it's a switch of a light switch. Thinking, oh, okay, I'm great. God is, God is good. He's got me all the way. Because I used to be that person. And whether I like it or not, I failed. Uh, I got mad. I got bitter on myself because I'm thinking, okay, why aren't people accepting it more than I am? How come more people aren't like be willing to listen to me? I was doing it for the wrong purpose. And I wasn't surrounding myself with godly people because I thought I could be the only person to be in a light. But long story short, Satan counteracts it by bringing other bad influences people in your life too. So he brings you in a bad neighborhood that you grew up in. He brings you in a bad neighborhood that is unsafe for you. But the question is, what do you do during those times? And that's why I think when we go out and minister to other people, and when we go and accept Jesus Christ, that's why it's so essential that we find a church because they can develop and they can help you nurture so that you can go out into the world, so that you can go into the bars and not be tempted, or you can go into the streets and not be tempted by the evil desires after some time. In verse 23, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Brethren, pray for us. Greet all of the greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. I charge you by the holy or by the Lord that this epistle be read to all the holy brethren. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ may be with you. Amen. 
And amen. And as we kind of, there's another instance I just kind of want to read in John 4. I think it's important that we, kind <clears throat> excuse me, that we read about what John 4 has to say to us. And I'm going to start off at a verse 27. I think I'm going to go continue on. And verse 27 states, And at this point his disciples came, and they marveled that he, that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, What do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, Come, see a man who told me all these things I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out to the city and came to him. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat, of which you do not know. Therefore the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me, and to finish his work. So do not say there are still four months, and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reap, reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent to you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labors. So I absolutely love that, what Jesus is stating. That no matter what happens in your life, because at some point you're going to guide somebody to Christ, and therefore you are going to be the, the, the person that sows an, another life together. You're going to be somebody that stitches uh, a life together. You're going to bring in people, build relationships, help them develop a healthy relationship with God. But then it's up to them to reap after what you've sown. Now, part of it has to do with the tree. You plant the seed. That seed is to allow them to know who Christ is. Afterwards, you help them grow. You help them to like you bring them to Bible study, you bring them to church. And the cool thing is, is that they get to, you see them grow, but then you get to really see their fruit. Whether if it is the fig tree that Jesus cuts off because there was no bearing fruit, it got so covered in uh, like customs and it got covered in saying a lot of words per se, but it didn't bear any fruit. Or it's going to bear a lot of fruit and people are going to see that. So that I absolutely love uh, that sower and the reaper, or one who sows. And so today, as we start off this week, it's important that we are thankful for what God has given us. So it's a gratitude for the sake of others. One day, one of his reading plan, we looked at Jesus' encounter with a Samaritan woman. We looked over that.
Well, I'm sure I've looked over it multiple times. We went through it multiple times, and this won't be the last time we went through it. There will probably be in the near future where I'm going to really break down what Jesus was stating to the Samaritan woman. But at that moment, Jesus changed her life forever. Overwhelmed with gratitude, she ran to her village and told anyone who would listen about what he had done for her. Like the Samaritan woman, when our hearts overflow with the gratitude for what Jesus has done for us, we cannot help but share the good news of the gospel with others. And, and that is most certainly why gratitude is con contagious. When the Holy Spirit transforms our hearts from the inside out into the image of Christ, gratitude begins to spill over into the lives of others. That bump up next to us and realize that there is something different about us. When they see us remain grateful in times of blessing and suffering, they can't help but wonder, how is this possible? How are you possible? How are you so grateful for the losing your house? Or how are you so, like, why do you show gratitude towards others when you don't have enough financial sources? You know, somebody might ask that, and, and that's where they see the Christ in you. Instead of being bitter, instead of being mad, they see that because when you are grateful, God blesses you. And when when they start to notice, or when they start to notice your life has changed, we know that people are free from the snares of comparison, worry, and greed. They can't help but ask, what does this person have that I am missing? What do you have that, I, that is missing? Experience tells us that people are attracted to those things who are thankful in all circumstances, which is 1 Thessalonians 5.18. For a follower of Jesus, true and lasting gratitude becomes at the foot of the cross of Christ. From there, gratitude resulting from the Christ of knowing Christ as our Lord and Savior goes out into a lost and dying world and points people back to the cross, which is the only place they too can experience salvation through the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. Thus, a heart that the cross of Christ has transformed but can't help but bear the fruit of gratitude for the others. What a joy it would be if you and I were to hear the words spoken by the people of Samaria to the woman at the well after Jesus had stayed with them a few days. It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. In the end, if you and I allow the if you and I allow the Holy Spirit to cultivate a heart of gratitude, we will naturally point others to the foot of the cross of Christ. Amen and amen. And not only that, but you and I get to minister and you and I get to walk others and help others to guide through the brokenness of this world. And you and I can also be disciples unto others to encourage family members or friends that are struggling. Amen.
and amen. And with this in mind, we're going to end it with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in reverence of you, Lord. May you guide us and protect us as we continue on the journey that you have set before us. And I pray that we can have a heart of gratitude, a heart of thanksgiving through any circumstances, Lord, that you've given us, Lord. I pray that you can just allow us to be watchful. Watchful for your coming, Lord. Help us not to be bitter at others. Because if we're watchful unto you, we should be watchful in all thanksgiving. We should be watchful in everything that, how we live on our lives and how we act. Because there is always somebody that's looking. Lord, there is always somebody. Lord, may you guide us and protect us as we continue on the path that you have set before us. So that when we cross that finish line, Lord, we can run into your arms and we can hear you say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope you guys have a blessed day. And remember, God loves you. And I'll meet you at the finish line. Bye.